Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. (laughs) Welcome to another stupendous, life-changing, earth-shattering, big, big episode of FNO InsureTech with your host, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. That's right. We're co-hosts. I said my name first. That's never happened. How'd that feel? It was weird. (laughs) It was, was it? weird. Maybe yeah. Al, maybe Al can actually edit that and say your name first. So it, you know, it just. Oh, oh you right. you don't have to say maybe. It that that that's <laughs> it'll that's happen. A, that's a standing order for Al to. <laughs> it'll happen. He knows. Uh-huh. So yeah. there's big news in the world of InsureTech today. Today we heard or received the announcement about Flywheel. Yeah, Flywheel getting acquired. Yeah, by LexisNexis. That's a big deal. By LexisNexis. That's a really big deal, and we're both super curious. To know all the thinking behind yeah. that and yeah. what LexisNexis was thinking and what Cole was thinking and team. And we'll have to have them on for sure, right? We would. You know, and, and we talked earlier today and we talked about other companies that have been acquired. And we always want to know why. Like, what is the thought behind it? What is the acquirer? What are they thinking? And and the acquiree why are they going along? Like, what is the vision? What's the thought? I love to be a fly on right, the Because as we all know, when you're bought by private equity, that's one train of thought. Yeah. When you're bought by a strategic, and I guess you could call LexisNexis a strategic in this. In this uh, scenario, I would, I, would this assume, scenario, I would assume. You know, it's just for that. I mean, they see a strategic value there and that's exciting to know what's going on in their heads and we'll we uh, will absolutely reach out to Cole and big congratulations to him and the team. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So today we actually have on a bank. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're talking Why about all these we really have a bank cool, on? Well, we're talking about all these really cool insure techs and today we have on a bank. But, this <laughs> but bank, it's new, right? But it must be brand new. It must be like No, it's like a 150-year-old bank. You're right. <laughs> I think I think 156-year-old bank. Why would the most prominent InsureTech podcast in the world have on a bank? Because they're doing some really cool stuff in InsureTech. They consider themselves an arm, a, a branch of the bank, and they're doing some really cool things in InsureTech. And, and they are really revolutionizing the way that digital payments are done. And, and it's really cool. I'm really excited about it. Who's joining us today? Because today you're in Indianapolis, Indiana. I am. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, sitting beside our guest, right? They're they're on the podcast. I'm in the same room. You are not. You are very <laughs> far away. I'm very far away. And that that's all, you know, I go the extra effort to come up here and to actually see these people in person. You're such a good man, Lee. I am. No one would ever say that about me, so don't worry. You have no competition here. So we have Commerce Bank. We have some people from Commerce Bank. We had Ed Fowler, Insurance Industry Consultant, and Gary Goldsmith, Vice President, Insurance Industry Consultant. Both these guys, I've gotten to know them at a couple of conferences over the past year. 
They're just a hoot. They're, they're a great time. Uh, and they really know their stuff. They have been in the insurance space for a very long time and they're doing some really cool things here at the bank. Right. And what I think that we'll hear, if I'm not mistaken, probably is that pretty much anything payments and insurance, they got you covered. They got you, you covered. Name the direction, who it's going to, who's involved in it, where it comes from, who who gets it, any of that. They got you covered. They got you covered. Why don't we stop talking? Which is the question that everyone listening to this right stop. now is saying. Why don't they stop talking? So we're going to grant your wish and stop talking and go to our interview with Gary Goldsmith and Ed Fowler from Commerce Bank. Hey, everybody. We're here with our guests. There's an S on the end of that because we have two of them today, which um, just goes to show you, you know, when you listen to uh, our podcast, you get twice the information. That's right. In the same Twice. amount of time, which is yeah. pretty awesome. But that's not what you're here to hear about <laughs> or, to, or, to, or what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about uh, payments today, which are something that we um, all love and all love to be on the receiving side of. In particular, we have Ed Fowler and Gary Goldsmith from Commerce Bank. Hey, guys, how you doing? Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us here. Thanks so much. Now, one of the cool things about today's podcast is where are you guys today? We are sitting in a conference room in Fishers, Indiana at the Alacrity headquarters. That's World right. Headquarters. We are World headquarters, mostly in person. And with the lighting, it's the Alacrity Lounge. <laughs> it, is, it, is a, it is a nice <laughs> subdued lighting today. Uh, and just so everybody knows, they're serving drinks uh, <laughs> in, in Indiana as we speak. Not, not true. <laughs> not true. Um, and not Lee, true. Lee, where are you today? I'm here. I am with these two guys. That's pretty cool. So three out of four of us are actually in person and then we're staring at you on a screen. Lucky. You guys are so yeah. lucky. Where uh, are you, Rob? Where are you, Rob? I'm, I'm where I always am. I'm in, I'm, I'm in my bunker in Sacramento, California. You're sick, so. aren't you? A little under the weather, so y'all have to excuse that today. No, I'm um, glad you're there. But enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's talk to these guys about what the heck they do and why they do it. So let's start with talking for a minute about what is Commerce Bank doing here? What are you guys doing? Why are you in Indiana? What do you, what do, you do for Commerce Bank? Uh, great question, Rob. So this is Ed. We at Commerce Bank issue payments. Uh, so we are a traditional bank that does a lot of moving of money. Uh, but we are here today in Fishers to talk about moving from old style payments, drafts, checks, paper payments to digital payments, electronic payments through different methods, basically getting payments to our customers, insurance company customers, the way they pay insurance companies and the way they deserve to be paid. And I'll chime in on how we got here. Um, 156 year old bank, I think we said, uh, based out of Kansas city, brick and mortar all through the Midwest, but obviously a, a large touch throughout the, the nation for payments. We got into payments in the nineties uh, and started to get into healthcare and then construction. And we said, Hey, what, what vertical makes 
the most sense to go into next and insurance pay, uh, claims payments made a lot of sense. You have this great claims experience and then you say, okay, let the seven to 10 day wait begin for your check. So we said, uh, gosh, there's a lot of friction there. Let's see how we can solve this and found out that only a very, very small fraction of the top 200 insurance companies were doing digital payments. So, you know, with our power as a bank to be able to do digital payments and that being a need in the industry, it made total sense for us to jump into that as well. We made our first payment for an insurance company six years ago and now make millions of payments a year. Wow. So that wasn't that long ago. Right. 2018 was when uh, our prefer pay portal uh, was put in place and we issued our first digital payments for an insurance company. Why is it so, so late? It seems like this digital payment revolution is just coming later. I guess I, I would have assumed it would have been earlier on. Yeah. Adoption within the insurance space has been real challengingly. So the key there is insurance companies don't move quickly. We yeah. all, we all know that, right? We're in the insurance industry. It takes a long time for them to, to move the, the ship, turn the ship around. Mm -hmm. It also, and when you're at an insurance company, as I was for many years, uh, it's challenging to actually get a project that is kind of customer experience focused to compete with the revenue producing projects. So I have a question for you. Like I have Venmo, right? And PayPal. Right. Through my bank, I use Zelle. Right. So I don't understand why can't the carriers just say, you know what, we're going to do digital payments. I'll just use Venmo and do it that way. So they can. The challenge there is those third parties often introduce additional fees. So what we have found is that it's easier to work as a bank with the rails that are, are built internally to the banking system. So federal banking system, you've got NACHA rails, and then we partner with Visa to deliver payments through the Visa rails. And those payments tend to be cheaper than using a, a Venmo, a Zelle, um, a PayPal, because they're additional costs and mm -hmm. just an extra step between getting a payment from a, a, a business to a consumer um, and getting it into their bank account. So we, we issue push to debit payments that go directly into your, your uh, uh, checking account that's related to that debit card. And it can be pushed there in, you know, minutes. There's many payment companies out there. What is better about a bank doing it? Is it just like you said, because of all the different federal guidelines and just different complications that could occur? Yes. Great question. So it starts with the regulatory bodies that govern banking industry overall, right? So when you think about it, I used to think when I was with an insurance company that the insurance industry was heavily regulated. And I've been with a bank now for a year and I <laughs> realized that banking industry is really heavily regulated. Yes. So, yes. Yes. So there's a lot of security that goes along with that, that is just embedded in the banking system. Then as you think about challenges like fraud, um, that, that just brings exposure and risk to insurance companies. And insurance companies obviously are, are quite risk averse when it comes to their finances. Yeah. Um, they're good at managing risk and pricing for risk. But when it comes to dealing with their own financials, they are very conservative. The other thing is you've got 
the ability to move money within a bank that has national banking exposure um, and the national banking presence. And then you've also got the ability to um, basically act as an insure tech and build out a technology to deliver those payments to consumers for on the behalf of an insurance company. So if you think about commerce as a potential partner versus let's say an insure tech as a potential partner, that insure tech is going to have to either work with your treasury bank or you're going to have to work with their treasury bank as an insurer. And that gives you kind of a three legged relationship. Uh, if you worked with commerce, you're working with us. We have the ability to move the money. We also have the technology to move that money. Gary, I want to ask you about introducing this product into a space that where it hasn't necessarily been before um, and dealing with people. I mean, I would assume one of the complications is you're coming to people and saying, hey, we can automate your payments or we can digitize your payments. But that might make their brains explode because it's going to mess with their whole workflow. It's going to break things to do that. Is that what you're running into? We run into it every once in a while. It's, it's a great question as well. And coming from the industry and being with uh, Copart Auto Auctions for 17 years and insurance replacement before that for five, six, seven years, um, putting a great idea in front of an insurance customer and thinking that it makes a lot of sense and then having that actually uh, gain some traction uh, sometimes is two different things. And a lot of it has to do with the priorities that they're dealing with. I mean, every insurance company is either rebuilding their claim system or or, or rolling something else out or looking at revenue producing uh, projects that they have in place. And, and so it's not, a, even though you have a great idea that really has traction right now, it doesn't always move fast. And so going and saying, okay, uh, doesn't it make sense that you're all battling for this great claims experience? Don't you want to be the one that goes ahead and says, wouldn't you like your money right away directly into your debit account, ACH into your, you know, checking account, that right. sort of thing. And, you know, and they do. And you still do run into those uh, roadblocks. But the great thing is, is they don't really have to change their processes. They can go through their current processes that go ahead and take that check to their check processing. But then they just changed it, change it and send it over to us through badge file or API. And it goes through the same thing and goes to our portal portal and gives the uh, claims person or the claimant or the insured or the vendor their choice of how to receive their payment. So it's catching on. It's just us having a, you know, us getting our voice out there and having people understand how easy it is with our great implementation team and, and how easy it is to roll this out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the portal? Like what is the actual experience that the insured has whenever they're receiving a claim? Yeah, great question, Lee. So as Gary mentioned, the experience on the adjuster side is the same. And that adjuster will adjudicate the claim, push the pay button. And instead of sending a check file or record out to a check file, it sends a message over to Commerce's portal and says, can you issue, please issue this money to this individual? And we can send that out via either email or text. And that individual will get an invitation to go onto the portal authenticate that they are the person who is supposed to receive that money and go in and choose which of the methods that, as Gary had mentioned, which of the methods they want to receive that payment via. And so when people are putting in their personal information, that's staying with you 
and not the insurance company. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And in the era of uh, PCI compliance police all over the place, oh, that's yeah. important to for in- insurance companies to offload that risk to a financial institution. Absolutely. I think that's a, a, a huge, huge thing. It, it takes out a lot of the, the friction that, that we're used to and trying to get somebody a payment altogether. And one of the important parts of that portal, I've used a couple from insurance companies. I've talked to people uh, endless times about what it really, what's really important. And with us to authenticate, not have to use logins and passwords and make it easy for that person to say, okay, I want my money. Here's how I want to get it and be able to, it, um, you know, it, it does, it does patterning. It, 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 it enters the numbers for you or dashes for you. So there's just no tripping over the process in getting your payment sent through. Get an email that says the payment's coming and it's just not clunky at all. We've worked really hard to make it very easy on the user end. That That's wonderful. So, so you're saying that the insured can decide how they want to get paid. What is the most preferred method? How are, how are insureds picking yeah, to be paid? With us, we've noticed about, about 70% of our customers choose direct to debit, and okay. that can happen very quickly. And, you know, our customers can adjust the thresholds on there if they want to. What is direct to debit? I don't really understand that. Direct to debit is basically using your debit a card account. It's It can go to your checking or, or a separate bank account that your debit card goes to. Okay. And that money goes directly into that debit account that you name on the card. Or we actually have um, the smartphone capability of scanning that debit card as well and putting that money there. So that's different than an ACH or a direct payment? Or it or is. A direct deposit? And I'll let my banking guy tell you a little bit about ACH. But what's so cool about direct to debit is the quickness of it. ACH ACH can take two to four days. It's usually on the lower end, but there's certain things that can slow that down a little bit. Okay. And then they can have e-check and traditional check as well. Okay. Yeah. So if I could just expand a little bit. So the direct to debit process that we have actually uses the Visa rails. So if you think about using your debit card at a department store, or a convenience store, you go in, you put your debit card in, you punch in your four digit code and the money comes straight out of your account and pays for whatever goods or services you're buying those rails can work in the opposite direction. And Visa has found a way to actually push money to the account from a, 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 a business. So what we do is actually shove that money down those rails yeah. and get it there in a minute or less. In a prior life, I spent 35 years at Progressive Insurance. One of the experiences we had early on, we had an individual who had a total loss in the auto and in, in the auto claim world and uh, had a check mailed to them and was expecting to get it in seven to 10 days. We were actually piloting at that point and we were in Las Vegas. He came into the office and wasn't quite thrilled with not having received that payment. Yeah. So we explained to him that we had a new process, asked him if he had a debit card. We're in the lobby of the claims branch. And he says, yes, I do. And we said, well, we can push the money into your account right away. We canceled that check. We issued him a digital payment. He went into the portal on his smartphone. He used uh, the debit card to get that money. And within a matter of minutes, the money was in his account. Yeah. Within 10 minutes, he was walking out the door, a satisfied claimant, which is not exactly an easy thing to do in, in, in the auto world for sure. And I'm sure it's the same in the property world. Um, you've got a very satisfied claimant who's now going out to uh, a dealership to get themselves a new vehicle. 
and Lee on the experience, uh, the customer experience that you mentioned, uh, going a little further on that uh, and a benefit to the customer who's sending out the payment is the the way that the site can be branded and oh, completely okay. adjusted for each company that uses it. Even the, the messaging down to the customer that it's sent out to, your payment is on its way from ABC Insurance uh, to the portal and stepping them through with the information, being able to add documents and add, you know, explanation of benefits and anything like that. It basically takes the whole process of a check and any information you would send out with that check to a digitized process that you can send that information to as well. So it's all branded. Thank you very much. All of your logos and everything. And our, our implementation team works through with you on that to go ahead and make that your whole customer experience for the company as well. What if there's multiple parties on a check? What if the check needs to be made out to more than one person? What do we do? Do we just send out a paper check and do it the old school way? Yeah, great question, Lee. So actually we could, but the problem is we should be solving for all the use cases, right? And uh, especially in the auto world, that's often a time and, and even in the property world where you've got two owners of a property. Uh, so what we've done is we've actually found it did a way to digitize that process, as Gary had mentioned. So what happens is both of those individuals will get an invitation to go into that prefer pay portal okay. and choose who is going to receive that payment. So we work with the insurance company to make sure the adjusters are delivering that experience to the, the payees in an appropriate way, right? So adoption is really critical here. If you can make sure that the adjuster is setting the expectation that they're going to have a two-step process, the first step is they're going to select who actually receives that payment. And then after that, they're going to actually receive that payment and, and put it into their account. Um, so each of them will get an invitation. They will hopefully pick the same person in the portal. Once they've chosen the same person, then the person who they chose to receive that payment will actually receive a, an invitation to put those funds into, into an account through either directed debit or ACH. Wow. We're not letting you guys do your normal banter back and forth. No, but you got us great. on a roll here. This is wonderful. I love it. <laughs> But what's nice is I do want to want to say with the bank too, what's great about commerce is we've looked at this from a real holistic approach. So you have some people who can help you with payments. You have some people who can help you with single party, uh, maybe just send out a, a credit card for your payments to vendors and then they have to opt out of that, whatever it is. We really want to hit that from all angles. So we can take incoming payments for insurance companies. We have, we have portals for that. We can do vendor payments. We can do multi-party payments, as Ed just mentioned, and the vendors can be enrolled uh, that will take the whole list and enroll all those vendors if they're not already in our nationwide program. And then they get paid the way they want to get paid. Uh, so on those multi-party payments, they'll already know that they want to get, uh, you know, they already know how they want to get paid. So okay. trying to approach it from all different angles. Is the carrier the customer or are there other entities that you work with in the insurance space other than just the carriers directly? Great question, Rob. So typically carriers are the customers, but we can also work with anybody who's ultimately issuing a payment. So think about third-party administrators of claims services. If they're issuing those payments, then they could be customers of ours. And as we think about the insurance world, we're not limiting ourselves just to claims. We can also issue premium refunds uh, and we can, as Gary mentioned, handle any AP payments as well. So you might do business with somebody like an Alacrity like a service provider, depending on the kinds of services that they're providing to the marketplace. 
Absolutely. It, it puts another arrow in their quiver to say, listen, we're going to do all these great things for you. And we also provide uh, on our end, uh, an, an entity that, that does the, um, you know, the digitized payment at the end for you. So I'm really trying to bring that whole experience together. And we've done that for some other TPAs as well. And is it pretty easy? I mean, the startup I would think is not too difficult, is it? it it's not a heavy lift. No, it, it's, it's not a heavy lift and we can uh, implement in two different ways. The first way is we can just basically take your check file, right? So in today's world, an adjuster hits pay and it writes a record out to a check file, which eventually gets printed at pr likely at night in a batch process. And that gets mailed out. We can take that check file, have your IT team uh, add a couple of fields to it, things like an email address or a text, a cell phone number. And then we can actually then issue those payments from there. And that's pretty much all it takes from an implementation perspective. Um, we then integrate back with sending you files that tell you what payments we issued, what the status of those payments are, so that you can bring that information back into both your claim system and your financial systems. And have you guys done studies on where the market is as far as the consumer goes, the insured? What percentage of people prefer a digital payment? The one number that I will tell you is across our program from an adoption perspective, what we see is 70% of those payments are going through to uh, direct to debit. 26% of those payments are going to ACH and only 4% of those payments are going to a check. So if you're fully implementing a, all your payments going to an electronic method, for only 4% of those payees are opting out basically of electric electronic payments. And wow. I will say from, you know, being the guy that I am and, and trying to promote my company, anybody I ever talk to, especially younger people are expecting to have an electronic payment sent to them right. and be able to do something through a smart device to be able to get that. I mean, that's just what they expect nowadays. So is there any issues mm -hmm. with adoption from older folks who might not want that or, or are they accepting of the digital payment as well. It really depends. But yes, there are some issues there with uh, old school, we'll call yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And that's why we still never take away the traditional check option. And if it isn't adopted or if somebody opts out of it, then a traditional check goes ahead and gets sent. And then we have uh, e-check as well. Yeah. I'll give you a real good example of that. I was talking to someone earlier today who said, you know, their Nana will never take a, an electronic payment. They want that check in their hand to be able to take to the bank. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. You're meeting people where they're at. You're meeting people right. and giving them the option that they choose. Who pays for all this? Or, or you guys do, is this it's all free. volunteer this is, work yeah, that you guys are is, doing? And there's no competition <laughs> one yeah. whatsoever. The things I love about the, the commerce culture. We're just so behind so many of our, uh, so many of our initiatives that, uh, that if we were really just out there trying to do it for the good of the, for the good of the insurance industry. Good, good of the um, world. What's great about it is it's, it's not your traditional um, subscription or anything like that uh, and, and commitment. So it's, we are transaction based and it is, it's extremely affordable. Um, probably we usually do an ROI of about five to one 
um, of what you would currently cost you to send out a check. The the American Banking Institute basically says it costs anywhere from five ninety five per check on up, and somebody will tell you longer to get that uh, terrible experience of seven to ten business days at best. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we can do that mm-hmm. for a dollar fifty or less with different type uh, payment types and have it go immediately, then then we're winning. And um, so that's it's it's definitely. It's def- it definitely pays for itself and saves money. Yeah, because people are already paying for it, right? You're already paying for it. Right. So thinking about my experience ha- actually having implemented this, um, that cost, that 595 cost um, is what you're paying for as an insurance company today. And really your fully loaded cost after you issue these payments via digital method is probably closer to the 250 per transaction under two under two fifty per transaction, so when you ask Rob who's paying for it, ultimately it's the insurance company who then has the opportunity to pass that savings back to their insured when they find up when they find lower prices because they've had an opportunity to reduce their expenses. So it almost is free. Almost is free. So is it the issuing party that pays the fee? Yeah. So the issuer would pay the fee. So we charge the issuer a transaction fee and then on a monthly basis, Mm -hmm. they'll get a statement and then they'll pay us for um, whatever transactions. But they also load, you know, balance into an account that we draw those funds from on a daily basis to support the the ACH or direct to debit payments. On a property claim where there may be three, four, five different payments that are made uh, out to different service providers. Maybe there was a water mitigation company. Maybe there was an independent adjusting company. Maybe there was an engineer. I don't know. And then ultimately, the carrier in this case would pay a transaction cost to, to pay each of those vendors. That's correct. They would pay uh-huh. for each of those transactions. Uh-huh. I understand. That actually brings up another point that I want to highlight. Um, so when you think about a claim, a property claim, you're also going to have some, uh, you know, some potential for repeat payments, right, to an individual. So you may have some ALE payments, you may have temporary living expenses that you're sharing, you're paying them, and then ultimately you may pay them a final amount for whatever uh, that claim was for, and that would be the property holder, the policy holder. Um, we have the ability to actually store that banking information and ask them if they would like to be paid in that same method. So if they put in their debit card once, we will pass back a token to the insurance company and say, any other payments you want to issue on this claim to this claimant, then just pass us that token back. You don't have to store any of the banking information. We'll keep that on your behalf and we'll just issue that payment via that method to that insured or claimant. You had said earlier offline when we were talking before that the adoption of this is much greater on the auto side than on the property side. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. And what do you attribute that to? Why would that be? I, I think it's twofold. The, on the property side, the length of a claim tends to be longer, right? So just going from the, the point of loss to the final settlement of a claim, there, it's, there's a lot more complexity to the claim. On the auto side, it's a much shorter duration. And I think that has driven adoption higher. I do think there is a a lot of opportunity, especially if you think cat and you've got people that are displaced and you want to get them funds so that they can, you know, be put up for the night or for a set of nights while they're dislocated. And then 
Um, also, you know, you want to have them to be able to go to Walmart and get some uh, food and clothing so that, you know, because they've left their home in a hurry. Um, those are those are opportunities that are just at this point, they're not tapped as well as they could be on the property side. So do you actually like have customers where you're you'll be providing the service to the auto department, but not the property department? Yes, we do have some. For the most part, uh, we work with a lot of mutual companies um, uh-huh. and farm bureaus. And uh-huh. for them, we're issuing and, and delivering their services to both the home and the or property and auto side. One other thing that I'll mention um, that we that we're taking this a little further as Maybe I jumped your question of what's next, but (laughs) we are partnering with the largest salvage online auction in in the world. And we are working with them on streamlining the letter of guarantee process. So, you know, getting those titles back to the owners of the vehicles faster. And if you knew that process internally and how bogged down that can get with different financial institutions and really a lack of incentive to speed those up, um, if we put that digitally in their world to be able to work through in their system, rather than outside their system on a third party, uh, they're going to react to that very quickly. And so we're working to speed that up. And we're also working on the mortgage side to speed that process up for mortgage and, and house title. Hold I think that's great. I mean, that that is a huge area of opportunity, right? Getting that back. Because a lot of times you'll get your payment, but you might have to wait many weeks right. for that mortgage holder to sign off. Right. And and the uh, the goal there is to expedite that payment. And uh, what we're also doing is we're looking to make those payments to the lending institution, whether it's property or auto, uh, via ACH, so that payment gets there faster. I see. Uh, And then, you know, so if you think about it on the auto side, where you really end up with the value is it everybody wins. They get out of that rental expense sooner. The insured gets into a new vehicle sooner. The lien holder on that has the opportunity to present to the, the uh, customer, the claimant, uh, hey, we know you lost your vehicle. We just paid off your, we got the pay, insurance payment to pay off your loan. Would, would you like a new loan for your next vehicle? We can oh, work wow. to get you in it, into that. So it's kind of win, win, win situation. That's a neat thing. Where does the future of payments go or the future of these kinds of services, where, where, where's it going down the road? Where's it heading? Well, I'd like to think that it's it's headed down the same road as what virtual claims were, you know, 10 years ago. Everybody wants that process to move faster, wants it to move virtually uh, when it comes to maybe AI taking care of things in the beginning and then a virtual estimate or, you know, photos going through that to make it happen faster. And then at the end of that, it only makes sense that if you've if you've given them that great claims experience to get them their money immediately through through virtual payments. So it's on everybody's roadmap. It really is. Yeah. It's a matter of us getting in there and, and, and prioritizing it and letting them know that we do most of the heavy lifting and can roll it out very quickly. So we're almost there. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think with the exception of my wife, you know, <laughs> everybody would prefer to have the money show up in their account than to wait for a check. I would think so. I would and, think so as well. Yeah. One of the other things, Rob, I'll, I'll add on to that please. is being a bank and being in the forefront of payment methodologies and payment development, we're in a key position. We're in a unique position to be able to leverage whatever we learn in that payment space and are bringing to other markets, we can bring it to the insurance market. So it's oh. nice to have this vertical along with all the power of the bank to go along with it and bring the two together and marry them up. That's great. Are you involved in the health space also? 
health, with health insurers? Yes, we are involved heavily in the healthcare space. We've got a vertical in healthcare and uh, it's more in the integration of uh, receivables to the hospitals and offering payment options to the patients that have uh, that owe the hospitals money. But we've also got a wealth of uh, relationships with very large insurance or with a uh, very large healthcare organizations. And we think there's opportunity somewhere down the road to marry that up with our insurance vertical as well. Yeah. Cause there's the other way around here and that's the insureds who of course have to pay the, the carriers. Yep. You've hit the nail on the head there. We've worked with quite a few newer insurance companies and some of your startups to to help them with that holistic approach and being able to intake payments and and make different types of payments. And quite frankly, in that position, they're more apt to use us. And, uh, you know, you don't have to. One thing that I did, we might not have said earlier, you don't have to switch carriers to use us. There's ways that we can do this and the ways that we can fund the accounts. It works better and it's more convenient to open up an account to fund it through Commerce Bank. But that used to be one of the roadblocks. Like we're not leaving our carrier. You immediately go to the controller or somebody in finance and like, well, we're not leaving ABC Bank. And so we've made that so it's not an issue anymore. And so your API shows up white labeled on somebody's website, right? And said, so, you know, do you want to pay your premium? You know, click here. Correct. And, then, and, and it takes it through the payment page. You enter your policy number or whatever. Like we were never there, just making right. them look real good. The other thing I'll mention too on the back end uh, for the customer experience, uh, back to, you know, with security, uh, back to some people that I saw smile earlier today when I mentioned that we handle all the positive pay OFAC. And if we are sending out a traditional check, we handle the achievement as well. And yeah, we start to see deal. people perk up when we mention that. So again, trying to cover all of the bases. I saw that word. What does that mean? A sheetment. So a sheetment is the handling of abandoned property at the state level. So if I was to write you a check as a company, um, so I, I write Rob Beller a check for $7 and Rob Beller never cashes that check. Uh, according to the state of California, I will have to remit that check over to the state of California after I've done some due diligence trying to find you and then at that point, the state will hold those funds and continue to try and find you through public notices. And if you don't go get that money, Rob, then that money will be used by the state of California in who knows what way, shape or form. And I'm sure in a very effective and efficient manner. <laughs> well, I will say I, I, I have to add that. Absolutely. I, and I will say just, you know, it just in the name of a sheetment, looking around the table or in our virtual meetings, when you mentioned that we take over that process, there's people who are responsible for that within insurance companies that say, that's all I needed to hear. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, we've loved having you guys on and we've wanted to have you on for a while and to have you on from our home office, from right. the world headquarters. World headquarters, illustrious of, world of headquarters. Alacrity Services Group is is even uh, makes it all the better. And uh, thanks to Lee Boyd for schlepping all the dragging equipment. all this recording Dra equipment up here. I hope yeah. these guys appreciate it. I hope they're doing something nice for you as a result. I hope, I hope I, you appreciate it. I can definitely tell you oh, how much we appreciate not. it. We watched him have to set this up, and it's you know, <laughs> yeah, he, they're he's like, not a roadie. All that he is you not a roadie. <laughs> One last thing for full transparency. So as we've been, you know, working on getting this particular episode organized and ready to go, Ed and Gary have reached out to to tell us 
which of them is the cute one and which of them is the smart one. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have video. (laughs) Thank you for that, Ed. (laughs) That said, Rob, I want to know if we did a good job, can we have those custom avatar caricatures that you guys have on your website? Ed and I both want one of those. Absolutely not. Those were originally (laughs) painted by Picasso and he's no longer living. So that's not happening. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for inviting us to to do this. It was a pleasure on behalf of me and Gary. I'd like to say that Lee has done a great job hosting us here. So thank you, Lee, for being a great host. Yeah. You'll be receiving a survey that we asked you to fill out about what kind of host he's been. So we'll we'll be sure to be very honest on that. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Lee, I kind of like these remote broadcasts. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird to be in the same room with the guest, but yet have you on the video. So it's a little strange. I saw you struggling with that. It was strange because I want to give them the attention. I want to look them in the eye. uh, But at the same time, I'm waiting on you to wave at me and say that it's your turn to talk. (laughs) All that is interesting. But what's more interesting is... um, you know, how pervasive and and far-reaching digital payments are. I mean, let's face it, uh, they're here and it's just getting bigger. Yeah, it, it really is a neat thing. I, I keep saying, I can't believe it took so long, right? I can't believe it's taken so long for us to get to this point, but but uh, really grateful for Ed and Gary to, to come on and to visit with us and tell us all about what they're doing out there. And they're loyal listeners, right? Yeah, so, Ed is. I don't think so, Gary ever listens, but Ed, Ed is a loyal listener. So my boss, who both you and I are incredibly fond of. Right. We won't mention his name, Randy Thornton. He refers to our uh, CRM as the single source of truth. Yeah. It's kind of like the FNO InsureTech podcast. We are the single source of truth. We are the single source. Single source for all things InsureTech. Digital payments. Yeah. AI tools. Yeah. Platforms in the insurance industry. Isn't it funny? You think about all the news that you hear about there. All these companies are getting gobbled up by other companies. And if and you're like, huh, I've never heard of that InsureTech. Well, then hop on to FNO InsureTech because we probably did a podcast with them. We probably did. We probably did. In fact, there's big news today, which we won't go into because we went into it at the top of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. But we're going to say what we say every time. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Gary. Loved having you guys. Great information. Appreciate you. Appreciate the people at Commerce Bank helping us to get it done. And appreciate you for being with us. So until next time. Goodbye, everybody.